Welcome to Wild on Health, your holistic prescription for living healthy, naturally. Lifespan, that's simply the time you'll clock on this planet. Healthspan, however, is the time that you'll spend living your life in optimal mental and physical health. Join me on Seeking Healthspan, a podcast loaded with sensible recommendations and tips intended to put quality years on your life. Previous research has shown that children of centenarians, those that live to see their 100th birthday and beyond, have markedly reduced rates of heart attack, stroke, cancer, diabetes, and hypertension compared to people born around the same time who do not have a centenarian parent. And now, more recently, a study co-authored by the School of Public Health, researchers have found that children of centenarians also cognitively age better compared to older adults without familial longevity. The study was published online in the Journal of Gerontology, and it suggests that there are familial factors that may be associated with slower cognitive aging. You may expect nutrition has a lot to do with this, but a sense of meaning and direction in life is also highly associated with living longer and experiencing less disease, disability, and cognitive impairment. In a research done at Boston University School of Medicine, scientists found that the children of centenarians are also much more likely than the general population to have a strong sense of purpose. Got a very special guest today. Joining me is Caitlin Vanderhey. She's the president and CEO of Kidstar Nutrients. Her experience spans over a decade of supply chain and ingredient sourcing in the natural product industry. She holds a bachelor degree in education and social science from Simon Fraser University. And Caitlin co-founded Kidstar Nutrients, which when one of her own daughters was diagnosed with iron deficiency, and she could not find a nutritional supplement that wasn't full of junk, she got started on this very important project. And Caitlin's mission is to help educate parents about kids' nutrition and provide clean nutrients for kids and families. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bryce. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on. This is such a needed area of focus. We're going to dive into supplements a little bit later on in the show. Clean label. Boy, isn't it much more about these days what is not in a product uh, very often compared to looking at what is in a product. <laughs> you know, it's one yes. of those conundrums. We'll dive into that. You know, first question for you, though. We, we often think about health span, you know, concept as uh, this show's theme is not just longevity, but leading a very quality life into as late years as you can. Uh, but health span in later adult years, we, th we think about this, um, but putting healthy years onto the end of your life actually starts in your early life. In your opinion, tell us why. Oh, definitely. So you also, you want to start early on to make sure that you're not living with a half empty cup. You know, if you start early on and you're living life with great nutrients and a full cup every day, you know, you're going to feel amazing. And mm -hmm. that's really what's important to get us. We don't want to have to start feeling better in our 20s and our 30s when we've figured out that we shouldn't have been feeling that poorly as a child. We, so we, we're, we're invincible though, aren't we? In younger years, we don't think, well, first of all, in our very young years, you've got your youngest is five and you've got uh, two others um, who are also quite young, right? How old do uh, the yes. other two? Uh, seven and 10, seven and 10. So, you know, it's a mix there, but you know, they're not necessarily even paying much attention. They're nimble, you know, aches and pains and, you know, they, oh, they pop out of back. bed like nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so you're not thinking about it in those years. And then later on, uh, you mentioned your, your twenties, 
you know, I think I feel like I remember this, you feel invincible. And again, you just feel like you can do anything and treat yourself and your body quite poorly and uh, seem to not have much repercussion. But if you have a good healthcare provider and or, you know, loving parents uh, who will and can invest into your younger years when you're otherwise not cognizant and or feeling invincible, you're right. Living that life with a glass half full is not, is going to be a detriment in later, in later years. I often refer to this as washing over your genes, your DNA. Mm. You can't change your genes. Of course we know this, but through nutrigenomics, we've been able to identify this whole concept that epigenetic active washing over your genes with good nutrition, starting early in life will literally turn off some of the bad ones and turn on some of the good ones. Right. Oh, definitely. No, it's really important. And, and you're right. You know, as parents, we have a huge job to do because we were also children once, and then we were in our twenties and we knew at that point, if we needed something extra. So now having our own children, we need to start early in uh, being aware of giving them great nutrients early on so that we can set them up for a healthy, long life. Right. And so what are some of those top things in your opinion, um, to consider when it comes to specifically, uh, children's nutrition and, and as a mom, like what have you implemented in your own three kids, uh, lives? So we started really early. So vitamin D from birth uh, in Canada, that's really important because, you know, we just can't get what we need from the sun and we're not even outside when we could be getting it. It's sure. too hot. We don't want to have our skin burned. And so that's number one. Um, number two is iron rich foods and that, you know, at six months of age, our breast milk stores drop in iron. And that's when we really need to start introducing iron rich foods and then omega threes. This one's huge. You know, having three children, I know how hard it is to get them to eat the foods that are containing omega threes. And so at that point, you really need to supplement. But those three things are really the ones that I focus on most with my kids. That's excellent advice. You're right. North of 40 degrees where we live. I know you're in the West and I'm in the East as we're talking now over Zoom. Um, but you know, even if you could get that high noon sun, and even if it was safe, uh, as per dermatologist recommendations to stay in it for half an hour and not burn, um, I do question whether or not that would even be <clears throat> enough time, certainly over the winter months, probably not, uh, in Canada. So get your vitamin D checked. I'm a huge proponent of leveraging laboratory sciences whenever it's possible with kids. It's hard. It's a pretty invasive procedure to have to draw blood. It is. Um, yes. However, I will mm -hmm. say this is the work of Dr. Bill Harris. And as you mentioned, those two very key nutrients, omega-3 and vitamin D, I will throw this out there. He is the omega-3 expert, one of the world-renowned experts, in my opinion. And he's put together a really cool little mm -hmm. test kit, which you can purchase online. You just go to omegaquant.com. <clears throat> That's O-M-E-G-A-Q-U-A-N-T.com. And there's a little finger stick test which is actually quite uninvasive, um, even for kids. You know, it's a little loaded needle. Uh, it's a quick little prick, very similar to what a diabetic would have to do. Corner of one of your fingers, you're not going to use too often. And a couple of drops of blood, send it back, and he can give you, or this lab will give you your omega-3 levels and your vitamin D levels. And I just feel like, you know, know your numbers. I mean, yes. you can, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're describing through the literature, uh, you know, evidently, um, as to the average individual, certainly in Canada, uh, but throughout North America are going to be deficient in these two things, uh, starting in young years. But for folks that question us, you know, in our world of natural mm -hmm. medicine, know your numbers, just go it's and true. get it tested. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, if you do want to even do iron tests in that things, or that doesn't have a finger prick, 
you know, with a child, you just go to your nearest children's hospital. They are skilled in working with children. And you know what? It's really simple when you have someone who's knowledgeable and knows what they're doing. Right. Those little butterfly needles, right? They're tiny, tiny needles. (laughs) They know how to find the veins that are typically a little slippery, tiny veins in children. But you're right. A good phlebotomist, local children's hospital, that's a great idea. But so, you know, and and we'll talk about, you know, some of the symptoms to watch for uh, as it pertains to iron deficiency. We're going to unpack iron in a big way today, folks, because it is one of those common nutrient deficiencies, as Caitlin's described, besides vitamin D and omega, which is also quite common, uh, but missed right? It's yes. missed. And, and, and in your own, before we get into, you know, some uh, of the, uh, you know, uh, symptoms of, of anemia and what can trigger it, you know, tell us your story and, 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 and what happened to uh, your eldest, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Your 10 year old that ultimately. Uh, oh, yes. My, oh, actually it's my second daughter. Oh, it was your second my seven year old. Yes. So, but I always had my iron checked about once a year because I wasn't a huge meat eater. So even before I got pregnant, I was always making sure that my iron levels were okay just for myself. And then after having my first daughter, you know, my iron levels were staying really well. I was really, you know, staying on top of it. I got pregnant with my second daughter. They were at a great point because I knew I was trying to get pregnant. And then halfway through my pregnancy, I had um, a pregnancy scare where I was bleeding and I found out I had placenta previa. So the, the placenta was covering the cervix. And so um, you can't at that point birth naturally. You'd have to have a cesarean. So we ended up in the hospital for a week um, and I bled for a week straight. And they checked my iron at that point, And I had dropped dramatically over the first half of my pregnancy. And all they said to do was take about 60 milligrams of, of iron a day and we'll check you again in a month and make sure you've increased. That was pretty much the full conversation we had. I stopped the bleeding. I was on bed rest. Everything resolved, supposedly. Um, And then I went on to have my daughter a few months later. And we went into labor naturally. And halfway through, we realized that the placenta previa had not resolved. And there was a considerable amount of blood loss and blood clots during labor. And I went for an emergency Mm C-section. Now, at that point in your mind, you're thinking, okay, she's a healthy baby. We're good to go. That was kind of all that occurred in my mind. I was just happy to have made it through. And then no one really talked to me again about my low iron or anything about my daughter whatsoever and what could have been happening to her during that entire time. I was just obviously happy I had a um, a healthy and safe baby. And then in the next few months, we started noticing, you know, she didn't want to be separated from me. She didn't want to have um, anything to do with anybody else, actually. And then as she got older and older, different symptoms started to occur. And then we found out through our um, nurse practitioner that she definitely was iron deficient. And then that's sort of the journey of how do we solve this problem for my young daughter? Right. Quick review, quick tangent. We'll come back to this. Um, <laughs> thankfully, everyone was fine <clears throat> and you were able to discover this situation. But uh, biochemistry, cellular anatomy, um, iron, obviously the central component of hemoglobin, which without it, you don't attract oxygen into that hemoglobin. And this is obviously how the body exchanges uh, oxygen and gases. So if you're a deep sea diver and your oxygen on your tank is getting super low and you're starting to heave your breaths, that's 
you know, a, a moment of concern. <laughs> and yes. yet, <clears throat> you know, breath is fine. And you, you know, might not, you know, might not necessarily, some folks do with low and we'll get into that, but uh, you don't necessarily have shortness of breath, but here you are with a child who's in utero, a baby in utero, who's ultimately got a very low oxygen showing up on the tank, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary. And so again, what, what were they? So nothing, nothing from the doctors. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't describing, which at the, at that time was not just a low normal. It was actually. Oh yes. It was very, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it, yeah. Nothing, nothing from them on the baby front. You know, they just kept saying, if you get your iron up, she'll be okay. But at that point I was so low, you know, thinking about it going, well, what has she been getting this whole time? Right. If I've been so low. So that was really the worry at that point. Um, and, you know, they didn't, uh, I, I really should have pushed for an iron infusion or something extra, but I didn't, I wasn't in the place in my mind to be pushing for things at that point. Um, but yeah, no, the, in, in looking back all, you know, hindsight, um, but definitely the lack of oxygen is, is now obviously a huge a huge thing. <laughs> plays a role, yeah. Well, it plays yeah. a role in development, and luckily, again, she's she's okay. But let, let's unpack iron deficiency or anemia, and what else besides, of course, placenta previa can trigger it for the average person. Um, so it also just starts from lack of dietary intake. Mm-hmm. So if you're not eating something, you're not getting it. Um, a lot of plant based diets. If you're not supplementing with B12 and iron, you're also not getting it. You just you just simply can't get it in your diet otherwise. Um, so those are huge aspects. Um, athletes, you know, the more you sweat, the more iron you lose. Mm-hmm. If you have um, IBS, Crohn's, colitis, every time you're going to the washroom, you could be losing small amounts of blood. Also, you're not absorbing the nutrients in your in your body at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's it's very important to females, heavy menstrual cycles. Yes. Yes. And we should be getting, uh, at least, and I've heard you say this before, at least 20 milligrams of elemental iron from our diet, but the latest data is showing that we're probably getting eight milligrams or less, not enough, right? Oh, not at all. Yeah. It's we're getting probably, I would say next to nothing, depending if you're even eating a fortified food. Um, but with children, we need to be getting 10 to 15, you know, an adult's 15 plus, right? It's really important. And then pregnancy is 27 milligrams elemental a day, minimum. Right. Important point. And vegans, vegetarians, what about them? Yeah, they really have to pay attention quite a lot to the dietary intakes that they're getting because you have to eat quite a bit of non-heme iron. So the iron coming from plants to get the equivalent from the heme iron, from the meat, the meat side of it. Right. And because what happens uh, with non-heme iron? I mean, it has to convert into heme iron so that the red blood cells are ultimately using it efficiently, correct? Yes. It's very difficult for your body to absorb that from from the non-heme. Um, and it's, you know, it's there's so many things that are interacting at the same time that to get your body to utilize it properly, it just takes a lot more. Right. You know, iron gets a really bad rap in the world of longevity because too much of it, of course, is not a good thing either. Too much of it circulating in the adult blood can actually age you faster. Um, I'll often requisition lab work and clinic and check, you know, especially men for iron overload. And if the ratio of iron to transferrin, it's called in the blood, is high, um, I may suspect a disorder called hemochromatosis in which the body 
can build up too much iron in the skin and various organs like the heart or liver, pancreas, uh, sometimes even the pituitary gland and the joints. Uh, it's not good. It ages us faster, but it's probably uh, quite an easy thing to deal with. Um, I think there's something virtuous and something um, <clears throat> of a give back folks can do uh, as well as maybe uh, get healthier in later age. Uh, and that's just to donate blood. Yes, uh, but, but to stick, but to stick to really, you know, children's health. You know what, and and also especially uh, in the younger years, what what are we looking out for? What are the symptoms to watch out for when it comes to iron deficiency? With iron deficiency, the most important thing we should be paying attention to is our child's behavior, and also you can easily see some of it happening with dark under eye circles. Mm-hmm. They need to have really pink. So if you pull down your your lower eyelid, it needs to be bright pink in there. If it's clear or like white, that's a big sign because really it's less uh, less rich oxygenated blood going through that area. And the reason why you can see it there is because the skin is thinner. So that's why you get the dark circles. And then if you pull down, it should be bright, bright red. If it is not, you should definitely be getting that checked. Thin, wispy hair. If your child's hair just doesn't grow, mm-hmm. that's another sign. We always talk about women when they get older, losing their hair or falling out. But with children, we normally notice it just not coming in very thick or there's just not very much of it. So those ones are easy to see with the eye. Um, And then, you know, tantrums. That's actually a huge thing with kids. If you think about an adult that's iron deficient, they, you know, they're tired, they're lethargic, they're winded, they're grumpy because they feel so horrible. When a child, how do you express that? You normally express it in a tantrum because that's what you know. That's not how you know you could express to your parent how unhappy and um, uncomfortable you are. You know, right. uh, shorter stature, having trouble concentrating, that one's huge. So we do sure. notice this in our kids. And if your child is being um, assessed for a behavioral difference, they should definitely be getting their blood work done to ensure it's not a nutrient deficiency. Such important points, right? Yes. And impaired development in children as well, right? I mean, ADHD is, I think you're alluding to attention, you know, deficit Mm -hmm. with or without the hyperactivity component is a big trigger. I mean, before medicating a child, how about checking for nutrients? I mean, we talked another two of them earlier, uh, omega-3 and vitamin D, this trifecta of uh, iron and uh, vitamin D and omega-3s. I'm just going to hazard a guess, but (laughs) maybe as high as 25% of individuals, children, especially who are diagnosed ADHD, uh, maybe uh, wouldn't be if those were accounted for and, uh, and, you know, otherwise supplemented for, um, but yeah, the hair, you know, this, this, this very thin wispy hair, I mean, for the yes. same reasons um, in, in elderly uh, or older individuals anyways. Um, and also I've heard you say this as well, difficulty falling asleep, right? Well, this one's huge. Yes. Right? Sleep. And that also has an, um, a link to the, the children that are being um, assessed for ADHD right. is, if you're not getting a good night's rest, what is the next day going to look like? So right. that's a big one. And iron deficiency, if you, you know, when you're falling asleep, your body's having a hard time relaxing as well. So, you know, restless legs is not just magnesium. It's also an iron deficiency. Right. So you really yes. need to pay attention. Right. And including in adults. So this restless yes. leg syndrome or restless body syndrome in children, um, yeah, such good points to, you know, alert parents to screening, uh, in their kids and, and lack of sleep begets lack of sleep, you know, wake up fatigue, bad mood. And like you said, temper tantrums, uh, low iron could be the underlying or root cause. Um, so 
let's talk supplements. You know, what, what are the benefits between solid supplements versus liquid supplements? What ingredients do we want to look for? I mean, this is your area of expertise. This is why you started Kidstar. We talked about this at the very top. We want, you know, clean and free from labels, obviously, uh, which Kidstar is all. So when we're looking for an iron supplement, you know, tell us what we need to look for. <laughs> Number one is we need to read the whole label. Just like you said, we need to make sure it has clean ingredients. So we actually need to read the whole label because the front of the label can be very misleading. Um, we, that's number one. Number two, we want to find an iron that is micro encapsulated. So that means it's coated. So you're not going to get the digestive upset. You're not going to get the stained teeth. You're not going to get the metallic taste. And it's <laughs> yeah. actually going to go where it needs to go in your body to be absorbed properly. And that's really important because your iron supplement needs to work. And with kids, your own supplement needs to taste good because <laughs> they need to keep taking it every day or every second day. <laughs> so, so that so, one's huge. So tell us a little bit more about micronized and micro encapsulated. What does that mean for uh, the average individual? Are we talking about uh, availability, absorption? Yes. So they micronize the iron. So they, you can imagine um, like, let's say a large rock, they grind it down very, very fine. And then they coat that those fine particles in, a, let's say, a starch or a lecithin. And then that way, when it goes into the supplement, um, it's protected. And then in your body, it makes it through your stomach acid, which is mm. huge. Because if it doesn't make it through your stomach, that's where you're going to get the digestive upset, which gotcha. is not fun for children or adults. Gotcha. And and what should be micronized? I mean, is it any iron citrate, iron, car, you know, what, what are people actually looking for on the label for the best type of iron? Great question. It's iron pyrophosphate is what you'd be looking for. Okay. And then micronized and microencapsulated. So those are really important things to look for on the label. And then after that, you got to look at your non-medicinals or the other ingredients to ensure there's no sugar, there's no alcohols, there's no sucralose. You want to make sure it is as clean as possible for your child. Right. And this is such an important, you know, sort of basically four point checklist um, because you don't want it constipating uh, a child, as you mentioned, protected. Um, for me, that means when it's micro encapsulated, that means iron is a very volatile mineral. I mean, it oxidizes like metal mm -hmm. rusts, right? <clears throat> and there is uh, a quite a dangerous phenomenon in the human body, I know you know this, um, you know, called a Fenton reaction. Uh, the reason we're told to eat more blueberries and take our antioxidants, vitamin C, the ACEs, ACE and selenium, et cetera, <clears throat> is to counteract free radicals. But the Fenton reaction when iron oxidizes is probably one of the most dangerous types of uh, free radical occurrences in the body. So getting it in the right format, micronized, microencapsulated, and in iron pyrophosphate is also going to help prevent those things from occurring much easier on the digestive system, like you're saying, and who wants gray teeth? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I actually purchased a product for my daughter when she first was diagnosed and the label explained to me how to clean it off her teeth. Wow. And I thought to myself, this product is not for me. <laughs> well, and uh, so, so that's a perfect segue into this whole, <clears throat> you knew what you needed and you started supplementing uh, your own child on it. And then you're like, well, what am I doing? I know yes. how to make this stuff. And so you went and you partnered with one of my favorite companies on the planet in terms of uh, ingredient um, manufacturing, clean efficacy has got to be there. So science-based ingredients is Tayo. And this is their 
sun active that you're using in your KidStar formulas, correct? The sun. Yes, active. it is. I, yeah. yeah. Our iron chewable. It's, you know, it, that product I made specifically for my daughter. And when I was making it with the manufacturer and with Tayo, and I kept asking questions and I was like, what about this? And I want to take this out and I want to take that out. And I think the manufacturers were just like, don't keep taking things out. You're making it harder on us. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is, this is for my own child and everybody else's kids out there. It cannot have this in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think they all, they're like, oh, here comes Caitlin again. Watch out. <laughs> well, and, and so this is such ingredient. an important point on the free from concept. <clears throat> you and I will both be attending uh supply side coming up. So we're recording this uh, in the middle of October. It's um, the end of October through November in Las Vegas, it's the ingredient manufacturers that supply the consumer facing brands by and large that come from around the world and showcase their latest and greatest and some of their, you know, older time tested and true ingredients. <clears throat> and um, Taya will be there as well. But, but, but it's so important when we see these free from listings, um, we realize that they're committed to not necessarily have to use, you know, you pointed out this idea that, you know, it's easier on the contract, the manufacturer, uh, yes. to include these ingredients because it simply makes processing and their machinery work better, right? Mm -hmm. That's yep. what the, it's not going to make our guts uh, work better. Our cells work better. All this junk and crap. I mean, things in the natural healthcare world often are riddled with very, very unnatural, uh, ingredients. Um, so the kid star lineup, tell us a little bit more. So you're using the sun active it's micronized, it's micro encapsulated. Um, it's free from, um, we, yeah, we don't do artificial colors, artificial flavors, harmful preservatives. Yep. We use as little as possible as a flowing agent for the machines so they do actually run. Um, but, you know, we do not use talc. We do not use silicon dioxide. You know, we don't use titanium dioxide. When you look at other countries around the world, um, you know, Europe has banned a number of ingredients in child children's products. And North America hasn't followed suit just yet, but they really need to. You know, propylene glycol in Europe can't be used for children under the age of four. So, you know, some products are four and up just because of the ingredient type. Right. And here in Canada, you know, propylene glycol is in a number of products and children's, you know, pain medication. So we really need to start reading all the labels and we need to start telling companies to stop using it. Yep. No, it's <clears throat> absolutely, uh, you know, it's a very good point. Where can people find the KidStar lineup. So you can head to kidstarnutrients.com. We have um, a great website with lots of information. And also we have a store locator. So it will help you find out what's closest to your area. Um, or you can purchase online from kidstarnutrients.com. That's super easy. Other than over-the-counter supplements like the KidStar line, what else could we integrate into our kids' diet to combat anemia, especially when we've either been diagnosed or highly suspected? So besides the iron... So I would make sure they're not eating uh, high, lots of dairy foods because that's going to stop the absorption of the iron-rich foods they are eating. So, you know, if they're drinking more than one cup of milk a day, cow's milk, you know, stop that or stop it altogether depending on their age because if they don't need it for their diet, they shouldn't be drinking it just as, a, uh, as, as an extra beverage. Mm -hmm. That one's huge. And remember, dairy is also um, some chocolate. It is cheese. It can be found in a lot of things that we may not be noticing. This is big for adults who drink a lot of lattes. Mm -hmm. I don't think they even think about it. Um, but the, all that dairy is not helping your, your iron scenario. Um, you know what? 
iron rich foods just in general you want your you know the the bloodier it is the better for iron so of course that's wonderful if you're a plant based person make sure you're eating the dark leafy greens nuts and seeds but also get getting some b12 in there as well that one's huge right. um but you know you could also cook in cast iron mm. So there's a lot of things you can also do in, in your kitchen. Um, and on top of the cast iron, you could also be doing, adding the vitamin C rich foods. So then it is helping the iron rich foods that you're already eating, helping you absorb that iron. So move out of the dairy, increase the vitamin C. Those things help right away. Right. So, you know, <clears throat> this is where we differentiate ourselves from dietitians, you know, in the world of nutrition, when we talk about therapeutic range. So again, testing, I think is important. We mentioned how to do that at the top, uh, but eggs, you know, salmon, avocado, cheese, fish, beef, liver, all these things, organ meats. Um, organ it, meats are huge. Probably. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. it's probably not enough for most who are already in that state of uh, iron deficiency anemia. <clears throat> you know, so what I'm saying is I, I suppose I'm alluding to the fact that you can't necessarily eat yourself to therapeutic range if you're already, you know, diagnosed, no, you, we, you need supplementation. And that's where the Kidstar Nutrients comes in, um, uh, nutrition rather that the idea is that you need to supplement your diet in order to achieve therapeutic range and get back to yes. your health. And we have to think about it. You know, it's really hard if you have kids or if you're a busy, a busy adult, you get home from work, you get home from school, you might have an after school activity, then you're cooking dinner, then you're going to bed. Well, <laughs> you don't even have enough time in the day to even sometimes process what you should be eating, how much you should be eating. It's a lot. And, you know, we don't need any more parent guilt. You know, if your kids just simply doesn't want to eat a certain food, they're a picky eater. They don't like the texture. They don't like this. They don't like the color. Supplements are there to supplement your diet. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with supplementing your diet with a supplement. It is what they're there for. And it's there to help us. Absolutely. I mean, listen, <clears throat> you know, we don't want to scare or shock anyone out there, but the reality is if you don't treat your deficiency, um, we're talking, you know, very much spe <clears throat> specifically iron deficiency. It's linked to heart failure, right? Cognitive yep. impairment, yep. you know, not just the major uh, fatigue and mood disorders, general overall, very poor health. Yep. Not to Anything mention, that has to do with oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention it's required in uh, manufacturing, you know, the very mood regulating neurotransmitter serotonin, the feel good hormone, neurohormone in your brain. Before we sign off any, um, I, I, you're one of those that can spew these fun facts or tips around <laughs> uh, iron. What, 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 what else should uh, listeners know about uh, iron deficiency? You know, I want them to know that it is the number one nutrient deficiency globally, mm -hmm. globally. And it is affecting all socioeconomic categories. So no one is immune to this. And in Canada, it is a severe health concern. So in Canada, it has to be over 5% to be a severe health concern. And in Canada, between all the provinces, it's between 12 to 79%. Crazy. So it's huge. This is a huge problem. And we need to be starting to look at this earlier. And in the States, they actually test babies between nine and 12 months within the first year of life, their iron levels. We do not do that in Canada mm -hmm. unless there is a reason to test. Right. So we're not even finding out, oh, they're on the lower end. Let's start now. Well, that is a huge part. Yeah. With those statistics, it's almost, it warrants the slight invasiveness uh, to draw blood oh, definitely. from a young, uh, young body <clears throat> in, in my opinion, I'm sure yours as yeah. well. 
Yeah. Um, can't I, I can't let this one go because you know you you maybe a year ago sometime we last saw each other in person um, that you mentioned it and it reminded me uh, to remind my own uh, patients of the idea that when you develop iron deficiency early on, uh, so first signs of true deficiency, uh, that you can develop pica. What is that? Tell us again. Yes. Remind us, pica. This is a huge one. Yeah, I should have brought this one up. Thank you, Bryce. Um, so pica is when you eat non-food-like items. Mm -hmm. So iron has a really important job in the body. It pushes out heavy metals. So if your iron drops, the other heavy metals can start creeping up. And if your body has too much heavy metals or, you know, they're trying to get iron, you might eat things that are not real food, like dirt. Because <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying, your really body is trying really hard to get that iron in to push back the heavy metals out. So pika is huge. If you have a child who, you know, fancies things that are not food, definitely yeah, check it out. Checked. And even yeah. chewing ice counts, right? I mean, that's yes. uh, water frozen. It's a consumable, um, not quite like clay or dirt, but it can start to uh, count if it's happening all the time or strong craving. Yes. If your child's asking you for ice all the time and they want to chew that. Caitlin, where do people find out more about you, your social handles? We are kidstarnutrients.com and at thishealthymom.com, both of those. And then Instagram, again, we're kidstarnutrients. And I think it's thishealthycaitlin is Instagram. Awesome. Yes. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today uh, on Seeking Healthspan. Um, it's it's a really important topic. Uh, I hope moms will uh, take notice. I love the product line. Congratulations. And I look forward to seeing you at Supply Side. Yes. Thank you so much, Bryce. It was great.